Welcome to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast with your host, Greg Shepard. Greg is a fee-only financial advisor who specializes in helping those in higher education to take control of their retirement. Since 2001, Greg has helped employees all over the country make the most of their retirement plans. Hey folks, I'm glad you're joining me here today because today we're talking about one of the most common questions that I've received over my 18 years of dealing with higher education retirement plans. The question is, Greg, how do I go about choosing the right retirement plan vendor at my university? So let me paint this picture for you. This scenario probably sounds somewhat familiar to you. You get hired at your new university and you have to go through the onboarding process through HR. You have to do things like figure out healthcare, dental. You gotta figure out where to park your car for goodness sakes. Finally, you can get through all that stuff. You're a fairly educated person. You have experience with this stuff in some fashion. So you can figure that out on your own or with help, maybe a little bit with HR. But then it comes down to the retirement plan component of your benefits package. This is where you start getting information overload. You get this condition called paralysis by analysis and you freeze. So this is typically how it goes down. HR will say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Client, Mr. or Mrs. Client, go ahead and go to our website at www.universityretirementplanstuff.com. There you'll find all the retirement plan information. I want you to figure it out. Come back to me in 30 days, and we'll get you going. You think to yourself, great, I figured out all this stuff. This can't be too hard. So you go to the website, and there in front of you, plastered on the website, you have a 401A, 403B, 457. There's this mandatory and supplemental account thingy that you have to figure out. Like I mentioned, you're educated enough where you can dissect this information, and you can pretty much figure out where your money's going on a monthly basis. What I mean by that is where your deferrals are going on a monthly basis. But then it gets even more complicated because you scroll down on the website and you see that you have five different companies to choose from. Remember I was talking about just a second ago a little bit of information overload? Paralysis by analysis kicks in and what do you do? You're going to do one of two things. You're going to march down or skip down to HR and say, hey, I appreciate you helping me out with these other things like healthcare and dental. I'm stuck on this retirement plan thing. Can you help me out? I can tell you for a fact, HR is going to say no. They'll say, these are your choices. You can call these companies and ask them a few questions. But we here in HR, we HR stuff. We do HR. We don't do retirement planning. So you're on your own. You say, fine. The next option is you're going to walk down your department building hall. You're going to run into Sally or John Smith in your department. You're going to say, hey, remember me? I was at the onboarding luncheon that you threw for me. And by the way, I have no idea what to do with my retirement. What are you doing? What is Jane doing down the hall? Can you help me out a little bit? So you, after you gather all this information, you'll do one of two things. A, you will do nothing. Or B, you'll do what your colleagues did. I can tell you most of the time, people in your shoes will do nothing. And when you do nothing, folks, you lose control of your financial future. What I mean by that is that most universities that do not have a state pension, your deferrals are going to defer or default to a target date fund. I'm not here to spend a lot of time on target date funds, 
but those are one it's one investment that gets more conservative as you get older as you get closer to retirement that one investment is actually comprised of many investments okay if you do have a state pension it's been my experience when you choose nothing your money your deferrals go towards that state pension and I tell you what there's a few universities at the top of my head where once that employee chooses nothing and they have a state pension that quote unquote choice is irrevocable how do I know this because those people have become clients and I've told them this after we've dissected their state pension and realized that it wasn't in their best interest but it's too late it's kind of beside the point it's after the fact an irrevocable choice in quotes there quote unquote choice but guess what that's why we're here today and this is what I've been helping university employees out with for the last 18 years so to help you out there's a very simple four-step process that you can implement when deciding which company to use first step eliminate each and every insurance company on the vendor list except for one that one being TIAA. TIAA is an actual insurance company. The acronym actually stands for Teachers Insurance and Annuity, but they are a one-off. They are an anomaly. They are one of the good guys when it comes to the insurance world. I do not, do not like the fact that insurance companies commingle in the investment world, especially in the higher ed space. I think it's an oxymoron. I do not like insurance companies in higher ed retirement plans except for TIAA so first step eliminate each and every insurance company except for TIAA number two look at how many mutual fund choices each company provides you you can do that by going to your university website drilling down into the retirement plan information spot and they should have a list of the investment choices that you have access to as an employee now if you can't find this stuff that's pretty common don't beat yourself up over it either contact the company like Fidelity or TIAA or one of those type of companies or contact me and I can help you out in probably two minutes remember my contact information you can find at www.higheredinvest.com but if you did contact Fidelity or TIAA, they will direct you to the web as to where to find those fund choices. I like at least 10 choices. That's my rule of thumb. If a company or a vendor has less than 10 choices, it's not an automatic elimination, but I don't like it. You're typically going to have a vendor choice list of around 10 12 15 choices I've seen it as high as 30 and like I mentioned as low as 7 the truth lies somewhere in the middle there rule of thumb I like 10 or more choices okay so let's move on to step 3 this is by far the most important step of the four-step process there is no gray area number three is the most important we're talking about fees now when I say fees what I'm talking about are the investment related expenses not fees that the university or TIAA or Fidelity or these other vendors charge you we're talking about the investment related expenses each of your mutual funds has an expense associated with it what are those fees 
Now this is where it takes a little patience. If you don't know what you're doing, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Keep your eye on the ball. There's a lot of cliches I can use here, but don't get frustrated. Okay, you can do this. It's not that difficult. What you need to do, let's just use Fidelity for example. Fidelity is going to have a list of mutual funds that you can invest in. What you can do is find out the ticker symbol of that mutual fund. Ticker symbols can be found by you clicking on that investment within the website of the university. Remember, the university is going to have a website where you can drill down on the investment selection. You drill down on that selection, it should pop up a ticker symbol. You need to put that ticker symbol in a financial website like Yahoo Finance or Morningstar.com and it'll pop up the investment related expenses. Also, if you were to drill down on that mutual fund within your university's website, it might link you to, in this case, like Fidelity's website where that information is right there in front of you as well. All right, so you need to know what the fees are for these expenses. I tell you what, folks, don't take it for granted. There's a university I deal with here in the Midwest, a very prominent university where I have clients and they before they were clients of mine, were in investments approved by the Board of Regents, approved by the main investment carrier, I'll, I'll call it, of the university, which, by the way, was TIAA. They had a mutual fund, not a TIAA mutual fund, but a mutual fund under the TIAA umbrella that had an expense of 1.08%. That's outrageous, okay? If a client of mine had an expense ratio of 1.08%. I've educated them. They should fire me on the spot. That's absurd. You don't want a mutual fund with an expense at 1.08%. You need to arm yourself with as much information as you can. If you get in the weeds when it comes to fees, email me, call me, www.higheredinvest.com. You can find my information there. Okay, next step, the last step, number four. Do any of the companies within your retirement plan offer brokerage link? Okay, the term brokerage link might be a little foreign to you. I'm not going to get into all the details of what is brokerage link, but folks, I love brokerage link. I love it, love it, love it. Guess what? There's a future podcast that I have where I talk about brokerage link. A little tidbit of information. I've been doing this 18 years. There's only two companies I have seen that allow brokerage link, one being TIAA, the others being Fidelity. You might see a little bit of a pattern here. You may have guessed or already knew TIAA and Fidelity dominate the higher ed retirement plan space, and it's not even close. And to that note, TIAA by far is still king of assets in higher education. Now, Fidelity keeps creeping, creeping up on TIAA every year, but it's really not even close. TIAA is still king in higher ed retirement space in terms of assets. But to summarize step four, you need to find out if your company, one of the companies within your retirement plan offers Brokerage Link. Check out that future podcast on what Brokerage Link is. That's a huge advantage and, in my opinion, by far the most underutilized part of your retirement plan. That's where your advantage really comes into play. And before I move on, how do you find out if your company allows brokerage link? Very simple. Call the company. Folks, take the initiative. Call the company. 
You can find that phone number on your university's website. It's really not that difficult. Take the time, figure it out, listen to that podcast over Broker's Link, arm yourself with information, and go forward. All right, so after my four-step analysis, this is pretty simple. Whichever company comes out on top, guess what? I choose that company for my client. And you should do the same thing as well. Okay, so now I get it. This can be confusing and most likely a little bit overwhelming. There's certainly a lot of moving parts here. I know it's a huge piece of your financial future, and all you want to do is concentrate on what you do best which is teaching or research or whatever it is you do at your university. So let me, let us help you and take it out of your hands. Like I've mentioned before, just go ahead and email or call me to set up a one-on-one phone call. It really just takes a few minutes and we can discuss your situation and see if there's a fit. Remember, you can find my information, my contact information at www.higheredinvest.com. Just to help you out that much more, I have a monthly webinar where I answer everyone's questions. And I know you'll get some value out of this webinar. These are questions derived from people like yourself. For example, I had lunch a couple days ago with a client of mine and she brought some friends and they were all confused about a certain part of their retirement plan. Well, guess what? I'm going to include those questions in the next webcast. So these are questions made up of your peers, made up of your colleagues. So if you have a certain question, please submit that question or two. You can do that through my website, and I'll see if I can get them answered on the webinar or webcast. But if I can't, I'll surely shoot you back an email and get you taken care of. Also, if you can think of a topic that you want me to touch upon on future podcasts, do the same thing. Let me know, and I'll see if I can't get you helped out. Okay, folks, so that's it for this podcast. I appreciate you taking the time. Till next time, this is Greg Shepard with Higher Ed Invest telling you to take control of your retirement today. Thanks for listening to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast. Just because this episode is over doesn't mean you can't continue your retirement journey. Please visit www.higheredretire.com to see how you can work with Greg or to simply ask him a question. Thanks again. S&A Financial Services is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.